to BDI's podcast. We are now on series four, episode two. Part two. Part two. And uh, today's subject, because we get loads and loads of questions about it, is about the MTI scheme, Tom. I know you're really excited about this one. Yeah, Musical Theatre International. That's my passion. Um, you failed. Oh, is it? What does it stand for? It's a Medical Training Initiative. Of course, yeah. Sorry, it's MTI. Um, yeah, the other MTI. So I, I guess with the MTI scheme, there's a lot of confusion around it um, in terms of what it is, what the requirements, um, how will that benefit doctors that come on the scheme to work in the UK, etc. as well. Um, I think to kind of kick us off with this, actually, it's probably good to, to talk about what's happened with COVID. I know we covered it in the last one, but uh, with the MTI Sorry, scheme... Sorry, what, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> where have you been? You've been hibernating for the last Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so a lot of doctors that were accepted on MTI schemes have now had those contracts rescinded because, uh, again, just due to the travel restrictions, visa settings, etc. as well. Um, so again, with the MTI, I'm not sure really what's, what's going on with it in terms of what the longer, uh, the kind of long-term strategy would be. But the MTI scheme in a kind of nutshell is it's an initiative that was set up by the Royal Colleges, um, with uh, participating countries. Um, the, the premise of the MTI scheme is, of course, that, uh, it, it's a kind of two-way system in that doctors will come from other countries to the NHS for a period of two years, um, will be trained and in some cases upskilled or get to use new technology. And the belief is that those doctors will return back to the home countries and that will, um, will be able to pass on those skills and knowledge learned working in an NHS environment. Um, and also that does help the NHS plug a lot of gaps in the, the rotors where they, they may have kind of struggled to recruit for. Um, so one of the, the kind of advantages of the MTI scheme for international doctors is, and I think this is probably the, the, the biggest advantage of it, is that it does create an easier pathway to gain GMC registration. Mm-hmm. Um, because in effect, the GMC, will, uh, sorry, the Royal College will sponsor those applicants to gain the GMC registration, where so that um, kind of circumvents the need to take the PLAB examination or to take the Royal College examinations, which are obviously quite expensive and can take a number of years to to gain full membership with. Um, so that's certainly any doctors that ask us about the NTI scheme, that tends to be the the, the main motivation for wanting to take it because it will mean that they'll get GMC registration without having the need to take additional examinations. And I, and I think that that is a bit of a problem in itself because because the, because it's a learn and return scheme, as Ryan said, mm. it, it's, not, it's not designed, it's not supposed to be a shortcut for people who want to stay in the UK. And I know that there are some people who take advantage of that. Now, obviously, what everyone's own personal objective is, is, is not really, it's not really any of our business. Um, it's not really any of the hospital's businesses either, but um, it, it, the, the the misconception is that you can use it to get in and then uh, you can immediately switch on to tier two and get across. Is actually, in terms of the MTI scheme, depending on your specialty, priority is given for those applying from developing countries or third world countries mm. because, the, as Ryan said, the whole point is that you're supposed to be learning skills that you can then take home and help to enhance your own healthcare system uh, overseas. Um, and I think that it's 
for me, a bit disingenuous if anyone was to go. I mean, it's different if you if you sign up for the MTI scheme and you and you want to stay here and you you during the course of your visit um, you naturally evolve into a position or you get offered to stay on or, or whatever. That's different than from the very outset saying I'm going to use this route as an opportunity to mm. bypass sitting a plab test or uh, what will become UKMLA and mm. or a college qualification. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think as well that uh, again as a consideration is that the MTI scheme isn't free for NHS Trust to access. So they have to pay the Royal College a, a significant amount of money in order for the sponsorship to happen. So again, I think anybody that's looking to utilise the MTI scheme um, just to get GMC registration and immediately switch to a trust grade position uh, and, and switch visa to tier two, um, do take it and bear that in mind that there, there are other applicants that are looking for an MTR scheme to use it for the way in which it was designed, which was to come to the UK, gain the experience, gain some additional skills, then take that back to uh, your home country and, uh, and, and upskill other doctors there or, or learn new techniques, etc. Um, so I, I guess the, the other aspect of the MTI is, is the visa. So with the MTI scheme, you're becoming on a tier five visa, um, and instead of a tier two visa. So with the tier five visa, Tom, that is obviously it's a, an educational visa essentially. Um, and that does kind of fit in with the type of job an MTI job should be. And again, it, the, the, in order to satisfy the Royal College, um, that it is a true MTI position, there are certain restrictions on what doctors can and can't do. And there has to be um, an element of training. There has to be an element of education uh, built into that position. You can't start, you have to start as working as a um, SHO or kind of ST12 for a period of at least six months. I think the educational thing is like between 60 and 70% of the rota. Mm-hmm. So this should not be used for very senior doctors. No. On that basis. And it shouldn't be used by trust to, to fill trust grade positions uh, or, uh, or local appointments for service positions, which I, I think it routinely is. Um, so uh, so make sure if you are applying for an MTI role that the, the rota is as sold to you basically because the, the the Royal College cannot sponsor your, your your GMC registration unless it fits that very um, rigid criteria basically. Um, so again, why do doctors coming on MTI want to switch really quickly from a tier five to a tier two? And the reason is that uh, if you were to um, complete the two years on the MTI with a tier five visa, then apply for a trust grade position on a tier two visa, it would take you at least seven years to, to get ILR at that point. Which is indefinite leave to remain. So if anyone's sort of wanted to stay long term and mm-hmm. maybe get a British passport eventually or have freedom to, to move in and out, that's yeah. what you would need. Um, so that's where we, we see a lot of doctors that will do six months at MTI want to switch to tier two because they want to expedite that time period to obviously get the um, uh, indefinite leave to remain. Uh, so that's a kind of uh, another consideration really. Um, I mean, in terms of pay with MTI, um, I mean, what, what's your, again, we're, we're not experts on the MTI program by any stretch of imagination. We can't help doctors get, get onto the MTI post. Um, but I think that salary wise, it's, it's, it's I mean, restricted to middle grades and mm. it's supposed to be lower because it's an educational post. So 
Uh, generally speaking, um, you'll find that it will be registrar-level mm. salaries. Yeah. Uh, and by that, if you're working a 40-hour week or in a base rota, you're looking mm. at between 30 and £48,000, depending on your experience. Yeah. And, and again, one kind of drawback to the MTI scheme, of course, is, and I, I know this through certainly the paediatric one, which is quite a... Uh, the Royal College um, that runs it for, for paediatrics is that... the there are lots of options. Pretty much every it's quite, it's a well established MTI scheme within uh, paediatrics. Um, lots of hospitals want to have MTI doctors, but most doctors will want to work in certain MTI posts that give them some subspecialist experience. So not every NHS trust will be able to give that like, experience and, and uh, position to every MTI applicant. So what you tend to find is that uh, some Trust will be offering general MTI positions. Uh, some trusts will have the, the, the kind of really fancy subspecialist work. Uh, and again, the, the type of hospitals as well really, really does vary. So if you think that, um, you're going to get a job at Great Ormond Street, um, they, they might only have three or four MTI positions. That's where everyone's going to apply. So I know from my experience with it that the vast majority of MTI positions within pediatrics don't actually get filled. Because people don't want to go to places like Lincoln County Hospital or don't want to go and work in Wales on an MTI post. So um, so that's a consideration as well. I guess if you're, you're pretty open-minded, which we always suggest people should be, then yeah, it's, it's fairly straightforward to get an MTI position so long as you can uh, get the sponsorship and perform well at the interview stage. But um, don't think that uh, that every MTI position is going to offer you the, these these amazing training opportunities because it's just not the case. Yeah, I mean, in premise, the MTI scheme is great because it, it is it is designed to give back to other healthcare systems and obviously benefit the NHS in the mm. short term by having you know skilled doctors come over and uh, and utilise them as part of the system. But it's not for the, for the doctors that I speak to. For the most part, their priorities for moving to the UK would be relocating with their families long term uh, for education or uh, cultural differences uh, for quality of life um, they want to work towards specialist registration or becoming a consultant in the UK and the MTI scheme is is not helpful for that any time mm. that you spend on that scheme isn't applicable towards your years experience so it won't do your salary any good doesn't count towards your indefinite leave to remain time as Ryan said mm. so that five year period where you have to be resident on tier two um it's not you're not going to be doing high volumes of frontline clinical work because of the educational capacity that has mm-hmm. to, to be involved as part of that rota so i mean if you are if you really do want to learn and return and, and that's your you know you want to just have a couple of years experience in a different country and mm. then the mti is perfect for you absolutely by all means you should be applying for it and, and that'd be great bearing in mind the priority is given to um, those coming from developing countries yeah if you are looking to move to the UK long term and you want to settle here by yourself with your family, the MTI scheme is not the route of these two. Definitely not. And uh, yeah, and I think it's it's that thing, isn't it, where um, the uh, MTI um, positions, it may not tick all the boxes for you as well. If you want to do a service job, which a lot of these MTI positions can can turn out to be then you're going to be a far better position if you complete your Royal College qualifications again I know lots of international doctors would would try or would hope to be able to get the GMC licence without 
having to do additional exams and, and cost, but um, don't don't look at it as a shortcut. Yeah, you ultimately get paid more as well. Mm-hmm. If you do Royal College exams or, your, or even your PLAB tests and come over and take a job, you'll be on a different you'll be on a different grade, a different salary scale altogether, most likely. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the the long term prospects are better. Yeah, and I, I think kind of a final point in this as well is as we mentioned earlier, we we, we can't help with MTI positions. We cannot get them uh, for doctors. We we're not involved in the process. That um, has to be done with the Royal College. Uh, they usually the Royal College will send out a list of uh, of positions, MTI positions. That's where you'd find the, the positions that you can apply to. Uh, you'd have to go through that that individual uh, interview process and registration process as well. But again, it's not something agencies can help with. Um, so if, if you are looking at MTI seriously, then get in contact with the relevant Royal College. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that pretty much sums up MTI for us. I hope it's answered a lot of your questions. Will we get to speak about musical theatre? We, we unfortunately we've run out of time, Tom. Oh. Yeah, as much as I would love to, I know it's something you're really passionate yeah. about. Um, but join us for episode three, which is slightly more exciting for me and Tom, I think, to talk about, which is the, the change in visa protocols during COVID nineteen. <gasps> yeah, um, and there's a, a lot of really useful information coming up in that podcast, I think, um, which would certainly help doctors looking to move soon. Um, but again, thanks for listening. Thanks for having us, Tom. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having me, Ryan. It's been lovely to yeah. socially distance from you. Well, join us again for episode three. Cool. All right. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.